we uh, <laughs> on our last one, it was it was pretty hilarious. We we decided to edit out an f bomb, <laughs> but we put the beep just low enough volume that it actually didn't cover the word, which was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Overtime Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jason Ackerman. Glad to be back with you, as always. And this week, uh, we're doing things a little bit different. Uh, Josh Bautel, your normal co-host. Well, normal. Uh, he's anything but normal. And he's not here, so I could say that. Then again, he's probably going to edit this, so uh, we could be in trouble. But uh, Josh is out this week. He's in enjoying a little time with family down in the desert of Arizona, down in Tucson. So, I'm left here in gorgeous Colorado, and I have with me an old friend. We've done this podcasting thing a few times. I don't know that we've gotten many listeners, but this is Ian Servany. Howdy, folks. Welcome. Welcome to the cave. It's a lovely cave. I, I would I would uh, absolutely retire bear style to here for the winter. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's the plan. That's, that's why there's whiskey in the cabinet and mm. <laughs> a coffee shop upstairs. I mean, there, there's really not much else that we need. But yeah, so I invited Ian in. So Ian and I have been, we've been friends for a long time now, probably like 10 years or something like that. And mostly we just, uh, we go to sporting events and uh, heckle professional athletes. Yeah, as is our right. One of our pastimes, you pay that much for a ticket, you get a little heckle. Mm -hmm. It's important. Uh, but we've also uh, been in business together. Uh, maybe not together, but parallel. Uh, we've both run businesses, and uh, we actually did kind of a test-run podcast episode some months ago. As, as I've told in earlier episodes of the Happy Hour, I've told about how uh, buying podcast gear was my COVID hobby mm -hmm. uh, that I set up and had uh, grand ambitions to uh, become a media superstar, and then uh, eventually, or not eventually, promptly did not. Mm -hmm. become a media superstar. But we did a, a cast then, and uh, I don't know that we ever actually published it, but I have the audio. We'll, we'll roll that as one of those. Uh, Jason and Josh both want to take the week off, so we'll re-edit that and roll it. But it was actually really interesting. We talked about uh, we talked about our respective businesses and how we were managing through COVID and how we dealt with remote work and uh, you know working in a family business, things like that. So just not really relevant for today. But we'll we'll put that out there as a teaser for later. Well, it's it's still relevant, you know. My COVID hoppy was developing brazen opinions and spouting them off to anyone who would listen. So you know, you put you put together a, oh, a man, podcast you found the unit place. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you found the place. We're, we're on parallel true. paths again, Jason. Yeah, perfect. All right, cool. So I, we're gonna this topic is gonna be a little bit different as as we discussed in our first episode. This is kind of a we talk about whatever we want. And it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, seven ways to grow your business and uh, you know, win friends and influence people. That's not really what this is about. This is just us kind of hanging out. And uh, as a result, we have two or three listeners, uh, maybe maybe four or five. Now that you're here, that that will probably help. We've got one in the room today. Hey, Preston. Nice to see you. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, 
but what I wanted to talk about today uh, was just mostly a, a topic that I think is of interest to me, and I think it's of interest to you. As like I said, a lot of our time together is spent around sports, uh, both uh, both professional and otherwise. And I had an interesting experience a couple weeks ago, and I'm just going to use that to kind of kick it off, and we'll just kind of see where the conversation goes. But I think it'll be interesting because I think it it follows into some psychology and you know groupthink and things like that. It's very interesting. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I took my son on what was a college visit, and for those who can't see, which is everyone except Ian, um, I'm doing air quotes on college visit because uh, we spent about 20 minutes walking around the campus. We didn't really visit campus, but I took my son to visit Clemson University in South Carolina, um, which A, is very interesting in the time of COVID, not like Colorado at all. Mm. But more important than that, it was interesting to me to visit what I would consider a true college football town. Now, Denver, where where we live, for those of you that might be listening from other places, every every city that's a sports city kind of has their thing. Denver, as much as we love the Rockies and we love the Avalanche and we love the Nuggets, we love a lot of things. There's a, Denver's a great sports town. But number one, if they're even remotely good, and even if they're not, number one, this is a Broncos town. Absolutely. It's, it's a professional football NFL Broncos town, and that will never change. Yep. I don't care how many Stanley Cups, I don't care NBA championships, doesn't matter. This will always be a Broncos town, first and foremost. Having grown up here, you know that. I know that. Some some cities, I mean, I don't know. What, what's a true baseball city? St. Louis. St. Louis is a baseball city. Yeah. I've been to a game in St. Louis. You're yeah, right. That's a baseball town. Uh, when we were in Clemson, we went to a baseball game uh, in Atlanta. We went to the Braves' uh, new park down there. Uh, it's up north, outside of downtown. They built a whole district out of downtown Atlanta's a baseball town. Yes, it is. They have to pipe in audio for their football team to make it sound like they've got a crowd, but they don't have to do that at Braves games. Yeah, no, they don't. Uh, <laughs> sadly enough, that experience at the Braves game really put the Coors Field experience mm. to shame. I still believe Coors Field is the more beautiful ballpark, and you, you can't beat the view uh, when you're kind of looking to the northwest out of the ballpark there. But just in terms of fan engagement and what was happening outside the stadium. It was nuts. I've never seen anything like it at a baseball game. You know, I'll, I'll throw Milwaukee out there, too. I went to a game in Milwaukee. They have football-style tailgates outside of the baseball games. No kidding. There are people throwing around footballs, beer pong, you know, cornhole, barbecuing, everything. Yep. Wow. That's impressive. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought of Milwaukee that way. So you go to the South. It's college football. Saturday, I mean, I saw T-shirts that literally said Saturday is for college football in the South mm. or Saturday in the South is for college football, I, whatever. I don't know. It was a dumb little Pinteresty looking T-shirt. But the point is real that they live and breathe college football down there. It's bigger than pro football. It's bigger than anything except maybe NASCAR. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. NASCAR is probably parallel to college football there. Yeah. Put, put them 1A, 1B. Yeah, for sure. So, so we go down to Clemson, you know, we, we flew into Atlanta, we went to the Atlanta Braves game, drove down to Clemson on Saturday morning for a five o'clock game. It was a five o'clock in the evening kickoff. I think, I think it was five o'clock. Yeah, it was. And they said, um, obviously get, get here early. There's going to be a lot going on. Uh, you can't park anywhere in town. A every parking lot is for university donors. That's how you get your parking pass is based on the level of donation to the university. So we, we get into town. We're the, the only room we could find was a, a Holiday Inn a couple miles from campus. And so we, we got in there. And, of course, 
everything is orange in that town. So it's a college town. There's tiger paws on the street, not not on campus, just on the street coming into town. It's, they've painted tiger paws, and we go, uh, we go, we walk in, and what we realized when we what we drove into town, and we I thought, well, let's let's just drive onto campus, see what we can see, and then we'll go back and check into our hotel or whatever, and we. We stopped at a, a roadside shop, uh, 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 an apparel shop, you know, because we didn't. I didn't have like a, a cleansing hair. I'm like, let's do this. Let's do it up. So it was a shop, but it it looked like a, a roadside stand, but it was a, a an actual permanent shop, packed to the gills with just cleansing gear, just tons of it everywhere. And this was one of probably six that we saw on the outer edges of town. So we spend a little bit of money and got our shirts and hats and whatever, and and we drive into campus, and we start to find that people are lining these side roads, like way out on the edge of campus. They've got a golf course, and there's people just pulled off to the side of the road, parked there, and you can tell they've been there. This is at like 1030 in the morning. So we got up. It's about two hours from Atlanta. So we got up at like seven in the morning and we got going, and we got into town about 10 o'clock, and you could tell people had been there for a long time. And every field that was open was filled with cars, tents, chairs, barbecues. And these people would pull in and they would tailgate, which isn't uncommon in other places. But there would be like they would have a big old 50-inch TV yeah. on the back of their truck with a direct TV satellite dish mm-hmm. attached to it watching the other football games. And what, what surprised me was not that people were tailgating and that there was a lot of them. I expected that. What surprised me was how far away from campus they were. Uh, and so I'm starting to get this feel as we they come They probably in. didn't even have tickets to the game, did they? They were just tailgating? Most of them did not. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the, this, it was, a, it was a solid line of cars, all with you know some kind of Clemson flag or sticker or something coming into town. The, the inbound lane into town was completely jammed up. Uh, and again, this is at like 10 in the morning. So we go, we go through there, we drive through, and we start to just see these pockets of cars just wherever, like just pulled off on the side of the road. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this. Um, I'm certainly not going to park here. Like, I don't know where I can and can't. I don't know how I'm going to get out. Like, I don't know the area. If this is a movie, this is where you see that title card that says seven hours to game time. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. That's exactly what it was like. So we, we drove through there and we're just stunned. Uh, we, we were shocked. So we drove back to our hotel. We checked in and I thought, well, maybe maybe I'll try to get, you know, get an Uber down, you know, just a couple miles. There were no Ubers to be found. None. Mm-hmm. None. So uh, so we walked in. It was about two miles, which I, I'm a little older and a little larger than I used to be. So two miles was a little rough, but my son's 16. He could handle it. We walked in. By the time we got to the little main street, which is kind of downtown Clemson, downtown, again, air quotes. Um, it's just a little main street like you'd find here in Louisville or Lafayette. There's not much to it. Uh, but it was, it, again, it was packed, just people streaming in into the stadium area. We got onto campus, walked around for a little bit, looked at some buildings, got down to the stadium. Uh, they did the whole parade the players in two hours before game or three hours before game time. It was like three hours. It was like 2.30 for a 5 o'clock game. They, they parade them in, and, you know, everybody's all packed in there. And, and this is where I, where I said it's uh, different to be in South Carolina during the era of COVID because there was literally no difference than what it was like in 2019. Like, it, sure. it was packed in, um, which was a, a little unsettling, but, okay, no problem. Uh, I'm vaccinated, so I feel fine. And we go through, 
and eventually we get into the stadium and that's I mean I, I could you know tell 20 minutes more details and I don't need to do that but we got into the stadium next thing you know the place is packed with 80,000 people uh, I think I identified maybe five individuals that were fans of the other team SC State and of course SC State was going to get killed everybody knew it and mm-hmm. the the poor woman that was in line behind us um, this uh, amazing uh, little African-American woman who uh, who just said, uh, just just tell those boys to take it easy on us. <laughs> they might have to put their cheerleaders in. Like, she knew what was about to happen. I think she might have been a family of a player. But, yeah, so, I, I don't know. It was cool. So we go in there, 80,000 people screaming, yelling, chanting, singing fight songs that I don't know the words to, and we eventually figured it out <laughs> over time. Game was fun. You know, again, I'll skip over all the details of the game. But what so what I wanted to talk about and why I'm telling this entire story is there was something interesting to me about what happens when you get into a group of fans. And I've noticed this across. Again, I go to a lot of sporting events. You do, too. Like that. I feel like that's all I spend my money on. And I I would probably be disappointed if I looked back and actually counted up how much money the Cronky organization gets of mine or, you know, or whatever. The experience of walking into town, because when we got into town, all of a sudden, because I was wearing a Clemson hat and I had a Clemson shirt, I was suddenly one of them. I was part of it. We walked up to a tailgate, one of those tailgates that was right outside the gate of the stadium. And we were interested in what was happening in the Oregon-Ohio State game. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those that don't remember, Oregon won. They knocked off Ohio State, made me very happy, warmed warmed my uh, ducky heart. And we just walked up to a tailgate and we're like, hey, guys, you mind if we watch a little bit of this game? We're, we're interested in it. They're like, yeah, come on up. Next thing you know, we're petting their dog. We're talking about, you know, what? You know, did you go to Clemson? No, I didn't. Oh, what brings you here? Oh, we came in from Colorado. Whoa, Colorado. That's crazy. What, do you, what are you here for? Well, my son thinks he might want to go to Clemson. They're like, oh, he... He's going to want to go. It's the you know greatest. It turns into a sales pitch for the school. And mm-hmm. um, But in that moment, we were part of it. We were in. We were 100% in. No, we, we, nothing we could have done to take us out other than start cheering Clemson sucks or something like that. That's the only thing that would have taken us out. Yeah, perhaps mentioning your deep and abiding love of Nick Saban might have gotten excommunicated <laughs> from that community. Might have. Might have, yeah. <laughs> Nick Saban. <laughs> so... Uh, to me, that was fascinating, and and I've experienced that in other places. Not nothing to that level. I mean, the, going to that level is what really brought this to mind. But I've been to Avalanche playoff games. Oh yes, I've been to Denver Broncos games. Uh, I've been to uh, Rockies playoff games. I've been to. Uh, I'm trying to think what else have I been to. I've been to a lot of different and interesting sporting events, but that really showed me that there's something that happens when you come into a group. And you're all fans of the same thing. Like suddenly nobody really cares what your what your view is on compulsory vaccinations. Nobody really cares who you voted for, although there there were some F Joe Biden chants that just randomly broke out, which um, I, I think just happens in the South. I haven't heard it here, but I definitely heard it there at least three times. Yeah. And there was just something about it that just felt really cool. That's kind of like a nationalism, right? It's like a, a little localized jingoism where you just you are bought in, everybody with you is bought in, and it's it's it it crosses generational boundaries because you have college yeah. students that are there, mm-hmm. then you have families that are there, all the alumni, then you have all the people in the town that are just bought into it because that's the town's 
Right. You know, that's your representation to the sports community is this this football team. Yeah. And it puts you on the map. And so everybody in the town, you know, I'd, I'd love to see the economic impact statement for a single Clemson game on that town. <laughs> oh, and just yeah. massive. I'm sure the community yeah. revolves around those games mm-hmm. every year. Um, they do. They uh, do. Yeah, it's it's different than being like up here in Boulder County. CU is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, you know, massive employer. Obviously, I'm sure they're the largest employer in uh, Boulder County. Uh, maybe not the state, but maybe not too far off. And I've been to CU football games. I'm, I'm going to go to one next weekend. And they're fun. There's some passionate people, definitely some passionate tailgaters that yeah, are passionate about the tailgating. But people don't go to CU for the football team. No. People go to Clemson for the football team. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Why do you think my son wants to go? <laughs> it's not because of Because their... he's already comfortable wearing orange. I mean, it's basically a burnt version of the OT logo. So. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not It's not all that different. And uh, Although um, the my my affinity for orange in the OT logo definitely did not come from Clemson. Mm-hmm. It came from the aforementioned Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. Thank you. So, yeah, I just I, I wanted to chat a little bit and, you know, get your thoughts on what what kind of experiences you've had in terms of being a fan and and what where does that come from? What is you know, what feeds that? And it, it, does it really just make us feel that good to be the same as everybody else around us or yes. bought into the same thing? It does. Yeah. So my brother um, and, and myself and even Preston here became fans of LSU because our uh, father's friend Doug, mm-hmm. a close friend of all of us now, uh, was an LSU Tigers fan from Louisiana. So he got us into it. And Ben's been to games there in Death Valley and his descriptions of it. I mean, you can see it on TV. You can feel it. Yeah. It's nothing like being there in person, of course, but mm-hmm. just, you know, the, 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 the well of energy at those college football games in a college football town for a big program team is there's nothing else like it in, in collegiate sports. There's just not. And there's nothing like it in pro sports either. You can kind of compare maybe – I went to uh, see the Dallas Cowboys host the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I think, five years ago. Okay. And it was a great game. Jerry World. Yeah, Jerry World. I had to go to the mecca of pro football. You know, that's mecca. That's that's, that's where you go to to see the biggest stadium with the most fans. And it's a lot like you were describing Clemson where, you know, you're two miles out from the stadium and there's tailgates out there with people with their massive TVs. They don't Mm -hmm. have tickets to the game. They're they're there to watch the early games tailgate through through that and then watch the Cowboys games from out there and yeah. so you know my wife and my friend Nathan they just they didn't even want to go to the game they just walked around the tailgates the entire time and that's mm-hmm. an entertainment value in, its, in and of itself sure. but it's not quite the same because it's still you know you don't have that young energy of those all of those kids that you get that are going to the university that are just so myopic about it they don't you know and right. they're not they're not you know they, they want to win but a lot of those fans they don't care about win or lose they're there for that experience that right that communal experience of going to a game rooting for the same team the chance mm-hmm. you know so we were at, at the Clemson game we were right next to one of the they have multiple student sections there's not a student section so I don't know if you're familiar with the Clemson Stadium you've seen it on TV or whatever but there's the big grass hill where the team comes in they touch the rock at the top and then they run down the hill and right under right through the back of the end zone and onto the field and during that time that entire grassy area is filled with students the students can just go sit on the grass and watch the game and then on either side of them is a section of seats that's filled with students uh, on either side and the side we were on we were just one section beyond those students but we were so we were right at the corner of the end zone looking right at the pylon and we were in the second row. So we're right down there on the action, and there's students next to us, and 
the band in that section at the top. So effectively, the band is literally right behind us. Awesome. I mean, we've practically got my ear in a tuba. <laughs> and to be able to feel that energy, that was a big part of it. And I think that's what really like got my son going was, you know, the, the kids that are just barely older than he is. And they're, man, they're having a good time. They're not completely hammered. Oh, nice. uh, they don't sell alcohol at Clemson mm-hmm. in the football stadium. Uh, and I think a lot of college football stadiums are that way. Yeah. Um, CU is not that way. I've had a beer at CU before. CSU is that way. I think they might have changed it for the new stadium, though. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So any drinking that happened happened outside before. And don't get me wrong. There was plenty. Mm-hmm. There was more than plenty. But yeah, like being a part of that, just that hype and that energy and that excitement of having those students that... You're right. They weren't all that particularly engaged in the game. They kept cheering no matter what. It kind of reminded me of a section of supporters and uh, in a really good section of soccer right. supporters yep. uh, where they just go. And they're about bringing the energy regardless of what's happening in the game. Something good happens for their side. They're definitely going to get rowdier. But uh, we were at the Rapids game the other night, and the uh, Austin FC, Austin's a, not a good soccer team right now uh, i'm sure they will be but they're an, they're an expansion team they're young and there was a section of supporters that came in from austin they're right behind us there was a guy with a trumpet and he didn't stop playing the damn trumpet for 45 minutes i don't know when he took a breath <laughs> they were singing and shouting like like a good soccer supporter section should do i was actually really impressed yeah. uh, with uh, it didn't even bother me that much to be that close to him because it was like that these they're they're doing it, man. They're they're going, and yeah, Austin was getting killed. It was it just it was never close, uh, but they didn't stop. That guy didn't play. The only time he stopped playing the trumpet was for halftime, mm-hmm. and then he started again. And forty five minutes, uh, beginning to end, didn't didn't stop. And they were singing along or whatever. And it was just it was really interesting to just to think about how fans identify and where where else in culture do we identify in groups that way and have something that is that important. You know, it, it, interesting, I think a, a lot of the reason that a lot of the the social justice protests rubbed a lot of sports fans the wrong way is they see that as a place that's supposed to be outside of normal society where we're here to take a break from all that and yeah. not to not to, you know, not to take anything away from those athletes trying to make those statements because, you know, that's, you know, if, if they have that stage and if they feel like that's the, that's what they need to do with that with that stage, then power to them. But I could see why some sports fans would be rubbed the wrong way, because that's supposed to be that space where this is a politics free zone. Mm. This is uh, this yeah. is a fret free zone. This is where we come to just say, you know, we may have all of these problems outside of this space, but right now here, we're just fans of sports, we're fans of this team together, and it doesn't matter what our backgrounds or our beliefs are because we all believe in this. Right. And there's something beautiful in that unity, and and I think it's, 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 it's at its simplest in college sports, too. I agree. Once you get to the pro level, people are making a lot of money, and, you know, we can talk about how that might change now that college football players are going to be making a lot right. of money. But it, 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 in its purest form, you know, collegiate sports. And I think of the Rocky Mountain Showdown. That's the closest we get here in Colorado. And we, they don't yeah. even do it anymore. But when they did CU, CSU at Mile High Stadium, Rocky Mountain Showdown, packed half and half with green on one side for CU 
and that black and gold on the other side for C, uh, for CSU and the black and gold on the other side for CU. It's just, uh, you know, I had a Facebook memory come up. Preston and I went to the last big one at Mile High a few years ago, and it's just there's nothing like it. And the, the, the kids elevate their game for that, their, for that game. Everybody's playing their hearts out. CU is clearly the better team, and they won that game, that last Mile High showdown. But CSU hung in there. And, and it's because, you know, you, you get so ramped up for that rivalry game. You've got all those fans in the stadium. We're not going to hit 80,000 like, you know, you do at Clemson <laughs> or an LSU game. But that packed stadium for at, at Mile High, yeah. you kind of got a little taste of what it's like to be in one of those stadiums. Sure. That's, yeah, that's a really good point that about that unity being at its simplest. Mm-hmm. It's and I think that's what it was going into Clemson. I didn't particularly care. I knew that probably more people around me disagreed with my my political stances personally than agreed with it. But I really didn't care. I wasn't thinking about it. I, I in fact, I really didn't want to know. Like mm-hmm. that's that's why you know when you'd hear the occasional chant break out that. I was just like, you know what? Save it. You know, you're the same people who said that politics shouldn't be a, right. a part of sports. So, right. don't bring it in. Like, mm-hmm. let's just let's just have a good time. It's what I enjoyed about the Atlanta Braves game. And I'm not an Atlanta Braves fan. I whatever, they're fine. I'm mostly ambivalent to the Braves. I'm like, okay, if they're successful, they're good. They're fun to watch, and they are a fun to watch team right now. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't have any particular hatred for them. The I think the problem that that I have in all of this, like in professional football especially and I've had this conversation with my son a lot because he's he's young he's figuring out who he is as a fan and what teams he likes and doesn't like and I don't want to be that guy that says you you have to be a fan of this team and you can't like this other team do what you want Um, that said it's going to be really hard for me if you're not a Broncos fan because (laughs) that this is and that's the one that's just so deep in my blood and thankfully thank god He's a Broncos fan, big a Broncos fan. He's into it. But there are other teams that he's like, yeah, I kind of like them. And after almost 40 years of being a professional football fan, there are teams that I just hate so much. I dislike so much that it hurts. Yeah, the the Raiders. (laughs) I I spent a lot of my growing up years in the Northwest, so the Seahawks are up there too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I now have, after all this time, I have a reason to hate every NFL team. There's some reason something has happened along the way that has made me not like that team, which means then I start to get this internally confrontational view on that team's fans. Yep. And only now, <laughs> now that I'm 45 and some of those things have started to die away, there's some teams that I actually kind of like and I don't mind seeing successful. Not the Seahawks. I can't break over it. Dang it if I don't like Russell Wilson. I, know, I do. It's hard not to. I, I really like Russell Wilson. I think he's a I think he's a good guy and I think he's a really good player. And, and I hate that he's on the Seahawks. I hate it mm-hmm. because I just can't I can't get over it with them. The Raiders are the same way. I can't get over it. Now talk to me about the Arizona Cardinals. Sure. I kind of like them. Yeah. My daughter lives in Arizona, so I've kind of got a connection to the city. Um, I like their quarterback. I, I kind of like the way they play. I I like their red jerseys. Who am I kidding? And they were in the best Super Bowl 
of the modern era when they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers with Kurt Warner at the helm, the most <laughs> entertaining right. Super Bowl in modern history. That so, was very entertaining. And so I, when I think of That's them, right. I always remember that team and that run. And, you know, Kyler Murray now, they've got the great young offense. They've got yeah. some pass rushers on defense. There are things that I like, some qualities in teams that I see and I try to pick up on over time, because especially pro teams. But yeah. I mean, I guess college teams, too. They develop a, yep. a theme, right? They do. They have a personality. And, and sometimes that personality is shaped by their fans. Yep. Raiders. Raiders. Uh, sometimes <laughs> that owner. personality is shaped by their coach, Alabama. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's just it depends on who's the biggest, kind of the biggest personality. You know, with the Raiders, the biggest personality is the fans. It used to be Al Davis, and now it's just the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, in Alabama, the biggest personality is, is Nick Saban. They're the biggest personality at Clemson is Dabo. Are you saying that bowl cut that replaced Al Davis isn't as compelling as his father was? <laughs> <laughs> This is about as compelling as a bowl of fruit. Um, Gosh, Mark Davis is a weird dude. Well, that's about going to do it for part one of our conversation. Go ahead and come back and join us next week when we release our next episode. Uh, Ian's going to stick around with me, and we'll continue our conversation then. Have a good one. didn't stop playing the damn trumpet for 45 minutes. I don't know when he took a breath.